Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If we did it God's way, right? If we just, if everybody would just say, hey, what does the Bible say about how do we come before his presence? How do we worship him and engage him? What's his heart towards this? How do the gifts use in a way that edifies others and glorifies God? If we all work out of the book, really worked out of the book, then there'd be a lot more of us doing it in a way that seemed similar. Now, you might have differences, you know, they, they like these songs, they like those songs, but in general, there'd be a lot more Christians that in general, it's like, yeah, we believe the same stuff. The reason for such a lack in unity within the body of Christ is simply because so many neglect the studying of the Bible. The enemy has done a great job in distracting the church from spending time in the Word of God and has sent out many false teachers to twist up the scripture. As Pastor Bill continues his teaching series, he'll be challenging you to be a student of God's Word and follow His instructions and obey His commands. Unity can be attained if the church obeys the entirety of His Word. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter 15 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Paul goes back and says, wait a minute. He says, who bewitched you? Who bamboozled you guys that, that you guys have left what I taught you when I left here and the Judaizers had gone and jacked them up. So today, while you have 20 groups all say they're Christian, but everybody does it different. Over here, you know, we, we do it like this. Over there, we practice that. Over here, in order to be saved, you got to come down, be water baptized in the name of Jesus only, speak with tongues. Then we confirm that you're saved. Bam. Over here, you just believe and confess you're saved. Over here, you get saved, but after you get saved, you got to dress like that or you're not really saved. And over here, you know, after you get saved, we, you know, we expect this, all these other evidences and so forth and so on. And it's like, huh? Then when nobody's speaking the same thing. And so what does that do to non-believers, right? When they're looking and saying, you know, you're a Christian. I went to my auntie church, but it was, it was different than when I went to your church. You know, I experienced that when I wasn't saved. When I wasn't saved and I, people could convince me to go to church and I'm not being nasty. I'm not going to name the places, but I'm going to just tell you some of my experiences and how it just was weird to me as a non-believer. I went to a word of faith church and I remember going in there. Now I'm, a, I'm selling dope and money is my God back in this time. So I understand hustle real good. And I remember going and sitting down. And I'm like, this dude is hustling. I mean, with a suit on, but he's hustling. And I, this is where I, I actually left the service. There was time to give. And everybody got up with their envelopes. And they were like, it was time to give. And I'm like, it was in a, everybody was like, woo! And they acted like it was a party. And I'm like, he done convinced these fools to celebrate giving him money. You know, like, and I was like, I'm done. I'm gone. I ain't heard nothing. I ain't heard about sin. I ain't heard about Jesus. I saw that and I said, I'm done. I'm out of here. That was one experience. Then someone else reached out to me. I went to their church and I'm there. Now, I'm a I'm believer. Living with my girlfriend, selling dope, getting drunk. I don't know about God. Didn't grow up in church, no nothing. I sat there and, you know, it's a little, little emphatic for me. I'm like, okay, whoo. Brother had like five Red Bulls, you know, before he got up there. And then without, you know, without warning, without, everybody, everybody just start getting up and it was like, Shut up. I'm like, I don't know what that is, bro. I don't know if the devil got them. I don't know what just happened, but everybody's speaking in tongues and I'm like, I'm out. I'm gone. It's weird. It's weird. I'm not, I'm not witness to. I'm not encouraged. I'm not. I'm gone. I'm out. Bye. So bring that up for this reason. Right. If we did it God's way. Right. If we just 
if everybody would just say, hey, what does the Bible say about how do we come before his presence? How do we worship him and engage him? What's his heart towards this? How do the gifts use in a way that edifies others and glorifies God? If we all worked out of the book, really worked out of the book, then there'd be a lot more of us doing it in a way that seemed similar. Now, you might have differences, you know, they they like these songs, they like those songs. But in general, there'd be a lot more Christians that in general, it's like, yeah, we believe the same stuff. So this is what we can do, right? We can't do squat about, and this is what I've learned. So I used to be really, you know, I'm looking at the false teachers and this and that, and I'm like, what can we do? I'm gonna I'm I'm go to them churches and talk to them guys and tell them this, that doesn't work. Because they super prideful and you can't tell them nothing because I don't got a Bentley. So, you know, <laughs> as far as they're concerned, I'm hating, you know, so. And I was looking and God was like, no, 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 you can't fix the problem by going, you're not fixing them. You just do it right where you are. So you can't fix what is happening everywhere else. You cannot do it. Don't don't even don't don't spend your energy there. You'll be worn out for nothing. But God says you make sure you're doing it right. You make sure where the community that you're called to and the people that you're with that you guys study the word of God. You guys go chapter by chapter and verse by verse and don't skip a beat and get what I'm saying and give it out as it says. And in practice where you're preaching, live it out. That's what you can do to have an impact. That's what you that's that's the best we can do. When I first got saved, I realized that most people that I knew that said they were Christians weren't really, you know, they didn't really live a Christian life. Most people I knew that went to church on a regular basis were just like me and sometimes worse. Be that difference. Go all the way. Be, Be hardcore about this. And that's what I would encourage us. I could be frustrated about all the things out there, but God said, you just live it right. Have an impact. The life of purity will be impactful to people around as they watch because they'll see God doing the work. People that you know that are walking in purity are also people that are walking in power. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an undeniable, right? You just see God's hand upon certain people's lives in a different way. And we can all attain to that if we just say, God, I, I want to walk with you in truth. Uh, I want there to be something effective about my life that draws people to you. I want there to be something about my life that people see and they're like, that's real right there. I want, I want, I want to know. I want to, I, want to, I want to grow in that. I want to know God like that. We want to encourage people in that. So we got to be it. So people can follow it. Amen. So moving on now. So again, the, the goal here is that it would be like minded uh, with one mind and with one mouth. The way we get to that place where we have the same mind, speak the same things, have the same mind, the same mouth is that we're work, that one. We're believing the same book and working out of the Bible. And so that's if every one of us has that part to play for ourselves that I'm going to stand on what the word says, no matter what I see out there. That there would be one heart and one mind that we could be like minded. And I got to seek out people that, you know, we can grow in like mindedness. Um, I can't change again everything else. Even when Paul was writing this, there were sects and groups that were doing it different. But Paul taught them that this is what God wants. God wants us to be united. I don't really have the time to go into it, but I, I had this as I prepared. I'm going to just share the story with you real quick. And and this just speaks to me about the power, the power of unity. And I have some verses to give when I close. But in Genesis chapter 11, and we know it, this chapter, the Tower of Babel story, there was a group of people that weren't walking with the Lord. And they had decided, it says that they all came together, and it, it says this three times. They said this, let us build us a tower to God. Let us come together and do this thing. And what they were doing was, instead of following God and doing it God, they said, we're going to build a tower up to heaven ourselves. We'll be our own, we'll, make, we'll be our own gods. We're going to do our own thing. And it kept saying, let us, and the people were so united, even though they were united for a sinful cause, they were united. And then it says that they were accomplishing the goal 
And it says that God looked down from heaven and then God, who's also a trinity, said, let us go down there and put it and I'm paraphrasing, put it into this mess. And God went down there. And this is something so powerful. I should give you the verse. So if you want to look at it later, you can look at it. It's um, Genesis 11, verse uh, five and six. Let me read it to you. It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they have begun to do. Now, listen, this is the, this is the part that got me. It says, now nothing that they purpose to do will be kept from them. And then God says, come, let us go down and confuse their language. And this is where God confused the languages. And so now y'all can't communicate. So all y'all that were sitting together, now you speak in Swahili, you speak in, you know, some other language and y'all can't talk and, and it divided them up, right? God broke that thing up. But this is what I caught. God says that because they were all of one heart and one mind, it says nothing that they purpose to do will be kept from them because they're united. So if some people united for a bad cause, God is saying, that's powerful. Unity is powerful. I'm going to have to ununite them and get them speaking other languages because it won't work. They're going to they're going to accomplish this sin that they're trying to do. What if we were united like that? Like, what if we really just loved each other, supported each other, spoke God's word to each other, stood on God's word together? Like, what if as a community of belief, we live like that? There'd be nothing that we put our heart to do that God said. The same would go for us. Right. It doesn't just work for the enemy. Nothing that we would purpose to do would be kept from us. We'll turn this city right side up. You know, the gods, maybe if, this, if we get some people united for my purpose, one accord, one heart, one mind, we'll tear it up. As you look in the book of Acts in the early church, when the church was most effective, most powerful, when they were united, when did the Holy Spirit fall when they were all in the upper room of one accord praying? God said, that's right now. I'm, I'm going to fall right now. How come he picked that moment? He could have failed the other morning. He could have failed a week before. He could have failed whenever he wanted, but he came and said, you know what? Wow, they're all of one accord, one heart. I hope they get this. I hope they realize that there's a power that's, that comes upon them when they come together for my purpose, when they're all of one heart, one mind. It's a powerful thing, you guys. So, but it's something we have to work towards. Unity is difficult because we're unique. And so I encourage us that we wouldn't be carnal like the world around us. We only unite with people just like me. Um, I, I'm not just going to unite with black folk. I'm not. I'm going to unite with Christians. You could be whatever. I mean, I got Cambodian Christian homies. I got people from you name it. I got to unite for Christ's purposes. And so though I live in a I live in a very racial society, just like you guys, if you get too wrapped up in your television and your social media and the stuff that they're putting out there to further divide people, you're going to be messed up. You're going to start feeling like I'm akin to this group and I don't really know how I feel about that group over there. And you'll miss out on the fact that you're called the witness to all the groups. Right. I can't have a group I don't like. I can't. Then I can't fulfill the word. I can't fulfill Christ's word. Like, there can't be a group of people that I look at and say, I kind of don't love them. I can't. It's a sin. It's wrong. It'll 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 eliminate my usefulness to God. If I'm looking at that group saying, man, I saw them one video and they keep doing this stuff. And I don't really like them. Who Christ loves them. Jesus died for them. He would love to speak to them through you if you can get out of my way. And I just encourage us, right, that we we do live in a society where that's what's happening right now. Things are very racial right now. Do you guys recognize that? Am I the one you guys see that? Don't get caught up in it. Be, be very Jesus right now. Let, let the things that come out of your mouth, let the things that you put forth, let the things that flow through you be things that point people to Jesus. Don't get wrapped up in it. Um, but I believe that that's another one of enemy's devices. 
I'll get people that are supposed to be on this mission for Christ wrapped up in this cultural mission, this temporal worldly mission that's going nowhere. But you get so wrapped up in this, you'll forget that your real mission was to preach the gospel. So I'm cautious about those things. Um, I feel like they're traps, things from the enemy, and they divide Christians. Uh, I've seen over the last year, um, especially with the power of social media, I've seen Christians divided over issues because somebody posted this video and they said this about it. And someone else saw it was like, oh, you know, they always do this and you guys that. And I'm like, look at these Christians are fighting and over something that the world's doing. I'm not I'm not going to be the one. Um, I encourage you guys, if you've been wrapped up, caught up, stumbled by, be careful how the world impacts you. That's why we got to be in the word. This is how we'll be united, working out of this book. Look, look at what God says. And if we all adopt this, that we can love everybody. I can love unlovely people, especially unlovely people. I can look at those that are out there messing up and saying, they're the people that need Jesus. And I got them. And I got to go to them. I can't be mad at, you know, we moved recently and I've been trying to know my neighbors and know the people around me. I can't be mad at the people around me that's not living right. Like I'm there to benefit them. Right. I should be a benefit to them. It should be a benefit to the sinners on my block that I'm on the block now. I can't walk down my block and be like, Are they, is, that, is that, they're smoking chronic. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. I, it happens. I'm not, I'm saying that because I, I walk out with my dog and I'm like, that's, that's, that's what they're doing. You know, um, but I can't, I can't judge that. That's identifying to me like them some people I need to go talk to, chop it up with, see what God will do. And I, there are other scenarios, and I'm not going to say them, but, but anyway, y'all get what I'm saying. So move on. I'm going to try to finish this. What is it? Uh, all right. Look at seven, verse seven. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That's a command. God says, receive one another. How? Just like Christ received us. So if God had just said receive one another and didn't give a qualifier, we might we might be able to kind of work something out, decide who we're going to receive. But he said, I want you to receive one another. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us. And what condition did Christ receive you in? Everybody consider that for yourself. What condition were you in when Christ received you? Right. Think about it. Think about it. Think about the gutter. He received you out of some of us. Some of y'all weren't in the gutter so bad. Y'all was in the, the gutter, you know, but just think about where you were, what you were doing, how you were living, where Christ met you from. I think about that sometimes. Like I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't on a quest to know God. I wasn't I wasn't out there a seeker. I was doing me. I was doing what I wanted to do. And God said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet you right here in the midst of real carnality and real sin. And God said, I received you out of that. As soon as you turned your heart towards me, I said, come, I took you, received you, just take you. He didn't say, well, you got to take that out first and fix that and clean that up and then turn that over. And then, then you can come. Right. When I got saved, this is I'm a, this is the this is the God honest truth. The day I got saved, I was still living with a girl that wasn't my wife. Still had drank in my fridge and on my in my counter. I still had weed that I was selling left over. I still had credit cards that didn't belong to me that I was using. Um, the, everything about my life, everything I owned was stolen, taken, or somehow hustled out of somebody else's hands. That's, that was where I, the day I got saved, that was all. I, I, it's not like I got saved, woke up, and all the stuff went away. I woke up, I was saved, but all that stuff was still there. So I was still there. But God had already, God had already received me. 
Now, the result of my salvation was the Holy Spirit began to work. And I knew I couldn't live with her and sell that and do this and and things move forward in that way. But the, the day I got saved, that was exactly my situation. And he received me. So we need to be careful as we reach out and try to love on people that sometimes you can receive people and they got a lot of stuff on them still. It's OK. He received you like that. Um, now, if somebody tell me they saved and, you know, I know this about the Lord. God takes us in whatever condition we come in, but he does not leave us that way. So if it's been five years <laughs> and you still got a you still, you still got the blunt wrappers in your back pocket, we're going to have to talk. You know, <laughs> something's some some something missed somewhere. You know, he doesn't leave us the way he got us, but he takes us at whatever condition we come in. He takes us. So we need that Christians need to have that, that that we could just kind of lay down and love on some people. And I, I do encourage us to think about some people around us that need to be received by you, because uh, sometimes believers are really non receiving of unbelievers and we have what they need. But we're so offended by them, which makes them feel like we don't care for them. And so now there's this obstinate wall up between those that need what we have and those that have what, that, that those that have it. And we got to tear that down. Right. I need those that are in need of what I have to feel like they could come to me that, that I'm, I'm, you know, I, I want I want the door to be open with those people. So moving on. Verse eight. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to their fathers and the Gentiles and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. And here goes four verses. They're all quotations from the Old Testament that they're foretelling how that the time would come when Gentiles would worship the Lord, too. That it's not a God saying it's not a shock that they're Gentiles that are saved. It had been foretold. It had been spoken of prophetically in the Psalms and Isaiah. So real quick, I'm going to read through these and I got one more thing and we're in close. In, in verse nine. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. This is a quotation from Psalm 1849. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing your name. Verse 10. And again, he says, this is a quotation from Deuteronomy 32, verse 43. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Uh, it's Deuteronomy 32, 43. Verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. That is from Psalms 117, verse 1, verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse and he, shall, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. To him, the Gentiles shall hope in him. The Gentiles shall hope. That's a quotation from Isaiah 11, verse 1, the first part. And Isaiah 11, verse 10, the bottom part. Last verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God says, may, the, may God fill you with hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace, believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the last thing here, right? It's, it's, it's through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we're able to hope, believe, and live this out. We can do none of this in our own strength. I cannot be the man God wants me to be in my own strength. I'm weak. And it's, it's, it's okay to recognize that. Everybody here, I can tell all y'all, y'all are weak. And I don't mean that's not a put down. 
It's not like y'all are the basketball court. And I'm saying you weak as believers in Christ. Right. As those that are seeking to live out the Christian life. God said, look, it's a good thing to go ahead and recognize you're weak. If we were, it was never intended that we would do it in our own might anyway. And what does the Bible say? When you are weak, he is what? So then what happens when you are strong? You don't need him. He's weak. When God's power is weak in you, it's when you think you got it together yourself. The times of failure for most of us is when we pick up the rock and say, I got this. You go ahead and get it then. And you get out there and realize, I don't got this. You know the place of strength is when we're broken and we're like, God, I can't do this. God says, yes. That brokenness will bring you to your face, crying out to God that he would help you. And guess what he'll do? He'll help you. He wants us to come to the end of ourselves. Then when you come to the end of yourself, you beg God to give you strength and help you to do better. Please, God, help me. Give me victory. I'm weak. I'm, I need help. And he helps you and you do well. You'll be it'll be very unlikely that you're going to take credit for it and make you prideful. Be very unlikely that you'll be like, yeah, you know, I just I got myself together. You need to get yourself together like I did. You know, you won't do that when you beg God. And I, I can tell you there are areas in my life. I beg God help me. And I'm careful about them areas not to ever put it out like, you know, I did that. I ain't do nothing, but I'm thankful to the Lord. I do believe in him. I do know that he will help those that cry out to him for help. And so I would say this to any that are weak today. Right. If you're weak, struggle. Maybe you're here in church. You've been in church, go to church regularly. But you're you're you have ongoing, reoccurring sin, things that I keep I keep I keep not being all that I'm supposed to be in this area. I continue to fail in that thing right there, that area right there. This is what you can do, right? Because you don't want to continue for the rest of your Christian life to, to keep doing the same thing. Like There is a way out. Um, you don't have to continue for the rest of your walk with God to just be like, I'm that Christian that just forever struggles with that. Doesn't have to be that way. You can have victory through Christ. This is what I would encourage you, right? Whatever that thing is, whatever those areas are, that you would identify them, that you would confess, um, that you would be honest. So sometimes just step one is confessing. You agreeing, confession is agreeing with God about something that we're doing that is wrong. That you would confess it. You would acknowledge it. That God, this is the thing that I'm doing is wrong. And that you would seek him for help and you would seek someone in the body for accountability. But that you wouldn't just continue to go like it don't matter. The way people stay stuck is I got this. I'm not going to tell nobody. Um, I've been I'll, I'll, I'll tell God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you've been doing that, and that's not helping. You need to come out of the darkness into the light. There's a power talks about it in first um, John one seven. Um, and it also speaks about it in um, in James five seventeen. James five seventeen says that we confess our trespasses to one another and then pray for one another that we may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. And in first John one seven says, if we, um, oh man, my memory, my memory, I'm going to get it. It's good. It's good too. <laughs> All right. First John one seven, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us of all sins. And so sometimes you got people that are struggling, but they also are living under the condemnation of knowing that they're walking in darkness. Even their fellowship is fake. Right. God says, be, 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 be walking a light with one another. Um, and God says, then then you'll have fellowship with one another, which is powerful. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. That's powerful. That's a promise that if you come on out of the dark with your junk, God says, I'll, I'll work with you. All right, I'll cleanse you. 
we'll start over from there. So people that I know that end up staying in a bad place typically are people that choose to keep their darkness in the dark. Because who's the prince and power of the darkness? Satan. So you want to get it off of his turf. And when you bring your dark junk into the light, you now put it in God's where God can work. And God will begin to work in your life. Amen. Do you ever start thinking about God's immense love for you and get lost in the amazement? He loved us enough to send his son to die in our place. But Paul, in his letter to the Romans, takes it even a step further when he says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't look at humanity and think we were doing such a great job on our own. He looked at us and saw that we were broken sinners, lost in rebellion, and he loved us anyway. If you haven't yet made the decision to follow him, know that he is looking at you and loving you. He loves you just the way you are today. If you like to learn what it means to follow him, you can call or text us at 310-245-4811. We love to walk you through the story of what God has done to offer you salvation. Once again, that phone number is 310-245-4811. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill is working his way through the book of Romans in this series a book filled with wisdom and instructions for life. If you missed a message and want to go back, you can find all our messages on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. Look under the media tab for links to YouTube and our mobile app. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you again. Meet us right here next time for another great message on A Transforming Word. Thank you.